0: I as an individual occupying space and time, I have never ever in my life met any other group of people more religious than Africans. So much God, yet so much chaos. If we claim to know God so much, so so much, we make so much noise about God so much that would even go to war for him, then how come our continent or landscape knows no peace? Exactly what the hell are we worshiping? my dear fellow africans we don't know god when you look at the modern day map of africa based on religion alone you realize that approximately 50 percent of africans predominantly in the north are mostly muslims and the other half of africa is comprised of christians this is also very true when you look at the map of nigeria as you guys know on this channel i'm also a nigerian and i was born in nigeria before moving to america and when you look at the map of nigeria based on religion alone you realize that approximately 50 percent of nigeria is muslim and the other 50 percent approximately will be Christian. I am Igbo and I was born and raised in the city of Aba. And if you know anything about um, that part of Nigeria, the Southeast part of Nigeria is predominantly Christian. So just like most people that live in the Southeast of Nigeria, I was also Christian. I was born and raised in a uh, Christian household. I remember when I was living in Nigeria as a kid, I remember so many churches. Religion was such a big deal. It was such a big deal that if you were to say that you don't go to church or you don't believe in God, or you don't believe in Jesus being the son of God and the savior and all of that, you will be reprimanded. People will look at you in a weird way. People People would literally think that you are the devil's incarnate. You could actually get murdered in certain parts of Nigeria for not believing in God. This is how serious religion is in Nigeria. And this madness continues all throughout Africa. Like I said, growing up in Nigeria, when I was a kid, I remember so many churches that we would go to, church events that would go to midweeks, prayers, fastings, uh, crusades, so many religious related events that we had to, it was mandatory in our household. Like you don't have any choice. And this is also the case for not just people that I know from Nigeria, but also people that I know from other parts Parts of Africa religion is such a big deal in Africa it's crazy and even living here in America I see so many Africans not just Nigerians so many Africans that make so much noise about religion whether it's Islam or Christianity it is a big deal here like again living here in America living here in Houston every time when I meet another African and we are just having a conversation and one thing leads to another and we start talking about church or religion and I casually say that I don't go to church it's almost like I can count to three one two three you can see the look in their face you know the judgment it's it's almost like a look of disgust, like as though there's something wrong with me, like what is wrong with you? How come you don't go to church? I've lost count how many times I've had some of these people try to convince me to come to their church. You know, they try to convert me. It's almost so egotistic after I calmly and respectfully tell them that I don't go to church and it's not my thing. And they tried so desperately to convince me to go to their church without respecting the fact that I told them in a very respectful way to please back off that I have no interest to discuss God. I don't have no interest to discuss religion. I have no interest to discuss the Bible. I don't go to church. It is my belief and it's just that. I just want to be respected. And it's almost like the more I try to calmly, respectfully tell these people that to please back off and respect my uh, decision to not go to church and not be associated with any religion, it's almost like I'm pouring fuel into fire. It's almost like they're trying so desperately to convince me to come back to the light. It's so egotistic, so obnoxious. It's just so off-putting, which is really sad and also really interesting that in spite of the fact that we talk so much about religion, we talk so much about God, Allah, Christianity, Jesus, or muslim or whatever it is that your religious background is either islam or christianity yet there's so much chaos in africa yet there's so much chaos in our personal lives i mean living here in america i've lost count how many african family dynamics are so broken i've lost count how many africans have some type of enmity going on within their families and look at africa for example as of 2022 alone there are six african war conflict regions namely libya south sudan central african republic northern mozambique ethiopia and cameroon and just to be clear these are just the six main war bets that we know right now. There are several war-torn and conflict regions all throughout Africa. These six are just the main ones that have been highlighted by the international news media. And then let's talk about terrorism and kidnapping. Terrorism and kidnapping is so much associated with so many parts in Africa right now. As a Nigerian, we all know that you know there are several places in Nigeria that you could be kidnapped just like that. Matter of fact, like I shared a few weeks ago, I just returned back from Nigeria. And one of the things that I had to prepare myself for before I took that trip is to make sure that no one one knows that I was arriving, no one knew anything about where I was staying, no one knew my whereabouts because kidnapping is such a big deal, kidnapping is so common in Nigeria and not just Nigeria in so many different parts of Africa. And please don't even get me started with all the other mess that the African continent is plagued with. The point that I'm trying to make is that the average African knows no peace. And yes, I am very much aware that some of those things that I mentioned and some of the things that we hear in the media regarding Africa are also found in other parts of the world, including here in America. But believe me when I say this with full sincerity, I as an individual occupying space time i have never ever in my life met any other group of people more religious than africans i think actually nigerians may be the most religious people on the planet but honestly i have traveled the world and i've met so many different people here in america and europe and asia australia all those places as a conversationist as a philosopher myself one of the things that i love to talk about is religion every single time that i've met somebody who's not african and i share my religious views or lack off they always seem to be somewhat respectful sometimes you get the people who want to be a little bit pushy and a little bit difficult, but for the most part, most people that I've met outside of Africans are more respectful of my religious affiliation or lack of. I've never ever, ever, ever in my 31 years of living on this planet, I've never met any other group of people on this planet more religious than Africans, whether it's the Christians who make so much noise about Christianity and Jesus and God or the Muslims who make so much noise about Allah or the Quran or the Islamic practices. We all have seen all kinds of mess on the media, people getting killed in the name of God, people getting persecuted in the name of Jesus and so on and so forth. It's a hot mess. So much God, yet so much chaos. According to First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. To repeat this verse, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Once again, my point is that the average African knows no peace. So I have a really simple question. If we claim to know God so much, we make so much noise about God. We make so much noise about Allah. We make so much noise about the Quran. We make so much noise about Christianity. We make so much noise about Jesus. We even go to war in the name of God. If we claim to know God, so much more than the sinful west more than the united states of america more than canada more than the uk more than everywhere in europe more than australia you know those affluent countries that we love to run to so much which is really ironic considering how sinful those people are compared to nigeria yet the average nigerian and even i would actually argue that the average african is looking to run away to those sinful west by fire by force if we claim to know god so much so so much we make so much noise about god so much that would even go to war for him, then how come our continent or landscape knows no peace? Exactly what the hell are we worshiping? I want to begin by asking a few questions here. What is God? Also going back to the Bible in 1st John chapter 4 verse 16, God is love and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So let's take a moment to break this down for a second. I know that everyone in Africa is a certified theologian, but I want to take my time to break this down. I myself, I'm not a theologian. I am just a guy with common sense and a seeker of truth, a seeker of knowledge, so bear with me. So according to 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 God is love. Okay, so now my second question is what is love? According to 1st Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Let's stop there for a second. First of all, disclaimer, I have not traveled to literally every country in Africa. I have been to a handful of African countries. And of course, I am Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria and I lived in Nigeria for a couple of years before moving to America. I'm still very familiar with Nigerian culture and I still associate myself with a lot of Nigerians. So a lot of things, a lot of behavior there's a lot of mentalities that our nigerian people have are still very fresh in my life so i know exactly what i'm talking about but please bear with me because i'm trying to make a point here and i also do know that a lot of nigerians and a lot of africans we have this mentality of not talking mess about our own people on the internet or whatever because we're trying so hard to cover our own image in the world and i know that africa has a really horrible reputation on the media and i know that a lot of africans and also you know nigerians and other africans that i know try so hard especially on the internet to try to uh, not perpetuate that negative image either by posting positive things about um, Africa and you know talking about Africa in a positive limelight I appreciate the ones who are actually quite truthful but I'm talking about something real here and come with me on this journey for a second trust me I'm not trying to paint Africa in a negative limelight I know that I'm an African who lives here in America and I'm very privileged living here and life is relatively much better here and I have a lot more opportunities but at the end of the day I'm African and I'm speaking on behalf of the Africans back in Africa living in Nigeria would have been my reality and a whole lot of things that I talk about on this channel would have been my fate so please i challenge every single person especially africans who are listening to me right now to please humble yourself put your ego aside and think about what i'm talking about right now going back to that first verse of first corinthians chapter 13 verse four love is patient a lot of nigerians that i know are not patient with each other if you've ever lived in nigeria if you've ever gone to nigeria if you've ever been in that lagos traffic you realize that a lot of nigerians are not patient with each other even with the way our parents talk to us i'm sure most of us if not every single one of us we've been raised or affected by toxic parenting where our parents are very impatient with us shut us up or even kick us out or talk to us in such a vile disruptive way that could potentially leave you mentally scarred we laugh about these things we see them on on the internet as memes and we laugh about them but we don't realize these are precursors for mental health instability love is kind the average nigerian is not kind to each other love does not envy the average person that i know from nigeria is so jealous of what you have and what you don't have i mean come on let's be honest here even in our own immediate families there's always some unhealthy sense of competition. You know, always looking over your shoulder whose children is doing better than your children. Our parents all want to brag about us to um, our cousins or our aunties for being doctors, engineers, lawyers, and so on and so forth. And for the most part, a lot of us, we know family members who would get jealous if there's something positive going on in your life. I mean, let's be honest, which is why in our immediate families, we've been raised to not let people know what you're doing to surprise your enemies because you never know what their jealousy may drive them to do. And then you have love does not boast and is not proud. Come on now, let's be real. A lot of especially coming from nigeria we're very boastful people we're very prideful people i mean this is literally all we see on the internet all day long you know from the weddings the birthdays the travelings there's always there's always this theme of showing let the world know niger do you know who i am who's your father who's your mother you know that that prideful egotistic gotta let them know pepe dem gang let your enemies know that you know we have arrived i mean come on i i know i know it may sound funny i'm trying to paint a picture here okay Okay, remember the first question that I asked, what is God? we answered god is love and what is love love does not boast it is not prideful if you are on social media or even in person bragging about what you have and what you don't have and try to pepper your enemies and show your enemies this and that that is not love and that is not of god but moving on to verse five love does not dishonor others this is so common in our culture to gossip and slander somebody else's name i understand that in life as a human being we're bound to inevitably bump into people that we don't like that much maybe there's something about them their mentality their behavior or whatever it is is about them that we don't like that much but to sit to sit in union and slander somebody's name in such a negative vile way so much so to dishonor their name according to first corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 that is not love and that is not god moving on i understand that today's day and age we have this uh blow up of the internet you know everyone is on the internet you know attention horrorism is a thing everyone is seeking attention and shout out to my girl lovely t who talked about how the newest currency today is not money it's attention people with literally do anything for attention on on social media from people throwing elaborate parties and living lifestyles that they cannot afford and even people going in depth and even people lying about what they have and what they don't have i mean you have people who will borrow things or steal things just so you can look like you've made on the internet so you can pippet your enemies and i know there are crazy people in every culture and every ethnicity and every country that does this attention horrorism knows no race knows no ethnicity knows no gender i get that but as a nigerian or an african we know damn well we know our people we know people who lie on the internet. I mean, when you look at some of the things that these people post on the internet, when you see the lifestyle that they try to portray on the internet and you look at them in person, you see like, yeah, that is not a reflection of reality. In Nigeria, we call it packaging. You're lying to be someone that you're not, all in the name of attention seeking. And lastly, love is not easily angered and it does not keep records of wrongdoings. A lot of us in Nigeria are so hot tempered and I do understand that several places in Africa are, are very difficult you know, to live in. And you know, maybe the climate, I've heard something about countries that are closer to the equator have hot blood. So a lot of people are easily angered because there's just so much commotion and so much chaos happening. It's the survival of the fittest lifestyle. So I get that part. But to be easily angered, to be easily irritated at the slightest push. I mean, this is a culture that we were raised with. Again, going back to the whole typical Nigerian family dynamic situation, a lot of us were raised in families where our parents, especially our mothers, would be so easily angered at the slightest thing. Like it doesn't even matter what it is that you've done wrong. It could be something so trivial and your parents get so angry. I personally am still recovering from some of the time that my own parents lashed out out of anger in the most unnecessary trivial thing ever and of course we all know people either in our families or groups who would not forget something that someone did to them in god knows what in the 1970s or in the 1960s or before the war or something like that we are always so quick to remember something negative something negative that someone said to us something negative that something horrible we have parents and aunties and family members and uncles that still remember something horrible that happened to them way before we were even born and in the slightest provocation, they'll be the first to refer to those wrongdoings just to state a case. Verse six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. This one is really interesting because I remember being around people and growing up in households where someone would hear something positive happening in, in your life and they'll pretend to be happy for you. You know, they'd be quick to give you cheap validations of, oh, you did so well and this and that. But then as soon as you walk out that room, they're gossiping your name or there's something every time someone hears something positive about you. You. They always find a way to corrupt it, make it sound so negative, so dark. And when they hear something negative about you, I personally know people in my life, in my own family, who constantly, patiently wait to hear something negative, not just about me, but about anybody. They tap their ears on the internet, on the on the news, on social media, desperately waiting to hear something negative, something vile, something foul about other people so that they can rejoice. I remember when one of my uncles, unfortunately, got murdered back in Nigeria, and I remember remember so vividly how excited my mother was hearing that that news. She was so excited about it that this was a topic for her for several months, actually several years after this man got murdered in the most merciless way. I wasn't there, but the stories just sound horrible because he was murdered back in Nigeria. And the fact that my mother, a quote unquote Christian woman who makes so much noise about Christianity and Jesus and praying and all of that stuff is rejoicing because something horrible, something evil happened to somebody else. Another Human being, yes, you may have fought in the past, yes, you may have had some type of altercation in the past that was never resolved. Yes, all of that happened way before God knows what. But the simple fact that another human being is experiencing something horrible and you are rejoicing, not only are you rejoicing, you're waiting for more things to happen to your enemies. And I know I'm just using myself as an example, you know, my own family as an example, but the truth is, a lot of us, not just from Nigeria, but a lot of us in Africa, we know family members like this. And if we don't know family members like this, we're probably like that. We're probably the ones who are on the internet looking and waiting and patiently waiting for something negative to happen to someone that we know, either out of jealousy or anger or resentment, but we are patiently waiting to hear that somebody else's business is failing, somebody broke up in their relationship, to hear somebody's getting a divorce, to hear somebody failed, to hear that somebody did not pass law school, did not pass their MCAT, was not successful in being a doctor, got fired, lost their home, lost something. This is the truth. You can deny this all you want, but this is the truth mentality for a lot of nigerians and africans that i know and this is why growing up in africa we were always told to not let people know what you're doing to not let people know when you're traveling if you're getting on a plane and you're going back to nigeria you don't ever let people know when you're traveling where you're going to be staying your dates you don't tell people anything about you you don't you don't share anything personal about you you don't take things from strangers you don't eat food in strangers homes you don't take pictures with strangers you don't give people your pictures and even before this whole social media craze right now you don't give your pictures to just any time they can hear. Because at the end of the day, the truth is that we know that the average people around us don't always have the best for us in their heart. And lastly, in verse seven, love always protects, love always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. You know, growing up in Nigeria, I remember so many Christians would always talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It was something that was longed to be possessed. Matter of fact, a lot of people I remember as a kid claimed to possess the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Which takes me to my next question. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? In the Passion Translation of the Holy Bible in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Before I continue to reading the rest of this i want to point out that the fruit of the holy spirit is divine love as in singular there isn't multiple fruits of the holy spirit one fruit of the holy spirit and that is divine love and i'm going to come back to divine love in a minute to unpack what that means but let me finish reading the rest of this for now but the fruit produced by the holy spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions joy that overflows peace that subdues Patience that endears, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength in spirit. Now, let's go back to divine love. It is important that we recognize that the Bible didn't just say love. It said divine love. What does divine imply? To be divine means to be godlike. It means to be limitless. It means to be infinite. It means to be never-ending. To be divine means to be beyond time itself. Something that is divine is something that has no beginning, it has no midpoint, it has no end, it has no polar opposites. This is a type of love that radiates from your soul if indeed you do have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you divinely love someone as a never-ending love, a love that has no polar opposites, a love that has no beginning, no ending, a love that is godlike, a love that is infinite. If you truly, truly, divinely love someone from the depths of your soul beyond time itself, you will have joy that overflows. You will have peace that subdues. You will have patience that endears. You will show so much kindness and action. You would definitely live a life full of virtue. You would have faith that prevails. You would have gentleness of heart. You see, the interesting thing about divine love is that you're not conscious of it it's not something that you're aware of it's not something that you go on your phone or you go on your calendar and mark okay today I'm gonna be patient today I'm gonna be kind today I'm gonna live a life of virtue you know let me let me try to get as much of these qualities as much as possible so that you know I can feel good about myself I'm gonna go out today and give some homeless person money so I can it can look like I'm being I'm being kind but in reality it's not something that you're supposed to be aware of it's just something that is it's just something that you're doing without really recognizing that you are you just being. It's not calculated. You just are because it flows naturally from the depths of your soul into the world because truly you do possess the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The perfect example I like to use is imagine observing a mother and a child, a mother and a baby, baby was just born and if you know anything about babies babies love to cry at all times they wake up at all times and they'll just cry it doesn't matter what time of the day or night it is a baby will just cry imagine observing this mother every time that this baby cries the mother wakes up and she goes to cuddle the baby and gives the baby breast milk or you know food or whatever it is that the baby wants until the baby goes back to sleep and then maybe like 30 minutes later or maybe two hours later the baby starts crying again and then the mother comes back and then you know cuddles the baby back to sleep and back and forth and back and forth The mother does this every day, every week, every month until the baby starts to gradually grow into understanding that, hey, mom needs some space. From the observer's perspective, it will be perceived as though the mother is being so patient with this child the mother is being so kind to this child but the mother herself doesn't necessarily perceive herself as patient or kind she just is she's just loving her child this is her child it's not a thing that she's processing oh i guess i have to be patient with this kid oh my god i guess i have to be kind to this child i mean granted there are parents and mothers like that we're definitely not checking we're not talking about those parents i'm talking about an actual mother a loving mother who loves her child unconditionally this mother doesn't wake up every time the baby starts crying and says oh my god i have five more times of dealing with this nonsense before this before i go crazy no the mother is constantly patient constantly kind without even realizing she is because from her perspective she just is there's no other way for her to be than to be present to be loving and gentle and persistently in her child's life as a truly loving mother would be for a child this is the type of divine love that the bible is talking about when you possess the fruit of the holy spirit which is divine love you know god but 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 considering how religious, obnoxiously religious Africans home and abroad are and compared to the chaos and lack of peace that the average African home and abroad knows, it is only common sense for me to confidently say that we do not know God. And if we don't know God, yet we constantly make so much noise about this God. What the hell are we worshiping?